Uh, just some comments. We have really enjoyed our six months with you. Uh, it's been a pleasure to work with the staff. As I've mentioned on several occasions, uh, you have a great staff here. And it's really been a wonderful experience working with the board. Again, the board is really desirous to know God's best for their lives first and personal, and also for the life of this church. And it's, it's been a wonderful experience going through some of their bumps and some of their experiences and the bumps of the congregation, bumps of the staff and all of us, but uh, Christ has come through uh, loud and clear. And we've enjoyed our time with you. And of course, we'll take a lot of good memories with us. <clears throat> some of you have asked what we're going to do after we leave uh, Erie. Well, we generally take three to five months off between these appointments. I know this is the short one, shortest one we've done. But we're going back to Tacoa, uh, to Tacoa rather, to think and to pray and to wrestle with some personal issues as it relates to what our next appointment will be. And we have no clue where that is going to be. But the Lord does, and that's uh, all that matters at this particular uh, point. Let us pray, shall we? <clears throat> Lord, we thank you for your word which speaks to us. <clears throat> And by your Spirit, may it do so this morning. And may it sink deep, uh, with deeper thoughts into the fabrics of our minds and our emotions and our will and the, and the deep recesses of our hearts. Oh God, we recognize that you're intimate. And you are more intimate to us than anything else in the world. Because it's only in the cockles of our hearts that we sense your presence and knowing that it's only Christ by the Spirit that satisfies those deep longings of the heart and of the mind. May that be so as we listen to the verses uh, 5 through 10 of Jeremiah chapter 1. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> uh, the book of Jeremiah, of course, is really a very interesting study. It's probably the longest prophecy of Scripture. <clears throat> and of course, it was given at a time when Israel was at its deepest difficulty. And yet Jeremiah had specific words to give to uh, these people. It's interesting to note that as we look back in history a little bit, that the night when uh, President Bush uh, started the first Gulf War with Dr. Billy Graham, he read the book of Jeremiah. And it has some very pertinent truths for us today. <clears throat> and in fact, it would take a lifetime of prayer and loyalty to truth as you span scriptures to really understand the significance of the prophecy of Jeremiah. It's probably my most favorite book as it relates to the subject of prophecy because you have such incredible swings of truth and of emotions contained therein. And yet as we come to the first chapter of the book of Jeremiah in the first uh, verses 5 through 10, we recognize just how intimate God was with Jeremiah. And I trust this morning that intimacy 
uh, will come to us as a church as it relates to the days that lie ahead as far as our experience are concerned. I want to read again these verses to us. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. The Lord reached out his hand, touched my mouth, and said to me, Now I've put my words in your mouth. See, today I point you over nations, kingdoms, to uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow, to build, and to plant. And I contend this morning, as you look at these five verses, that they're still unfolding before us as it relates to the church and its kingdom. It's interesting to preach a final sermon in a church. I remember when I graduated from school long ago, uh, the speaker that morning said to me, or said to all of us rather, you will not remember what I'm going to say to you and probably not even my name. That was a prophetic utterance. I don't remember what he said, and I don't remember his name. So I think that's going to be the assets of this sermon this morning. But let me say a couple things to you. First of all, God is sovereign. His plan, regardless of what happens, is not going to be changed. His ability to be intimate is not thwarted because of what we see in our culture or across the world. He, by His Spirit, is able to penetrate us into the very use of our lives, using a clinical term. And that's how God starts out with Jeremiah, this young man, in the book of Jeremiah. He gets to Jeremiah where nothing else can get to. And my, it sure resolved him, because he said some incredible things in this book, which I will not have time this morning to even consider. But notice God's will and testament to friend Jeremiah. Notice the word. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Think of this for a moment. God knew about Jeremiah a whole long time before there was a fall. But because of God's grace, because of God's purity, because of God's truth, He was able to allow Jeremiah to be in a womb for nine months and be developed as a human, but was born as a fallen creature. But God still knew him, and God used him. Every one of us in this room, at some point in time, were in a womb. God knew us. God was intimate with us and allowed a woman to form us to become the people that we really are. But God's truth, God's love, God's intimacy, His plan for Jeremiah's life is not thwarted because of the fact that the human race by this time, of course, was fallen. 
Notice part of verse 5 as we consider the call of Jeremiah. Before you were born, I set you apart. The words, of course, set you apart, includes, includes all of the discussion as it relates to the subject of salvation and sanctification. God, by His Spirit, intimate Spirit, was able to nurture Jeremiah to see his need to repent and to receive Jesus Christ as personal Lord and Savior. And as a result of Jeremiah's act of faith, God resided in his life. Jeremiah was restored to favor. He was God's child. And as a result of being restored to favor, God deposited in Jeremiah's life all that was necessary for him to be an accomplished prophet, to have unusual ministry to those who were around him. God chose him a long time ago. God set him apart, and God's work in his life was complete in every way. Even before he was thought of in terms of human nature is concerned, I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Nothing thwarts God's intimacy and God's plan for the lives and hearts of his people. God affirmed Jeremiah. God put everything in place to enable God to say of His servant, You're my child. You're my prophet. You can do it. You can accomplish this. Everything that was a hindrance was removed from Him. God unconditionally accepted Jeremiah, but also completely, of course, changed him. So God's call on Jeremiah's life is a long time ago. It's complete in every way, and it gave Jeremiah the pedigree to be able to accomplish his ministry of prophecy. Notice um, point number two this morning, God's care and direction for Jeremiah. Notice his response in, in verse 6. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I don't know how to speak. I'm only a child. But God said in verse 7, do not say you're only a child. You know, there's a lot of repetition of this in Scripture. Gideon, Judges chapter 6 said to God when God was calling him to be and have a mission of taking care of some problems during that time in Israel's history. And Gideon said, My family is the weakest in the tribe of Manasseh. And I'm the weakest of them all. You know, it didn't change God at all. It's kind of humorous to look at, upon some of this stuff in history, of course. You know, Gideon was kind of a fun guy. He, he had no trouble bringing people around him. God did not change his opinion about Gideon as a person who was young and classified himself as weak. He basically won the war with 300 people. Versus the thousands. So we see this in Jeremiah. Now, now friends, personalize some of this this morning. Where is it at with you when it comes to God speaking to you? I read like a child who says, I'm too young, or there's been too much in my past to be counted worthy of 
being a part of mission, the life of the church, and so on and so forth. God's grace is sufficient. He forgives our sins eternity past. As far as the east is from the west, He removes them from us. We have no excuses, whatever. You know, Jeremiah had a pretty rough time as far as ministry is concerned. Jehoiakim destroyed his manuscript at least once. Some commentators say up to four times as he was writing this prophecy. And he was doing so and writing this statement in prison. Rejected. There were those who were out to kill him. A little bit like the Master. But some of these wayward, disobedient people, in spite of their waywardness and their disobedience, they preserved Jeremiah's life. Truth of God prevails forever. God gives us room to be able to express ourselves and to be honest with Him. But count on this. If He's got a plan for your life, He will give you the strength to get it done. Failure to do so is disobedience. Jeremiah, as a young man, was able to persevere with God's help to see what God wanted him to do for this most wayward, wicked kingdom that ultimately went into captivity. Notice God's words to Jeremiah. You must go to everyone I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. He rescued him in the womb. He rescued him after he was born. And if He can do these miraculous things, of course, He can continue to rescue us as well. Then we have in verses 9 and 10, God's choice words for Jeremiah. Then the Lord reached out His hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words into your mouth. Stop there for a second and recognize a little bit of the Hebrew language at this time. This is what you call a composite thought as it relates to several terms. Just as God touched Jeremiah to have him born normally from a womb. So, the same God, the same way He touches, touched His mouth and gave Him a message for these people. That's how intimate and real and vital God is to His servant Jeremiah. Gets right to the chase. Don't be afraid of them. God is not afraid of anything. Sovereign God over everything. And brings it to bear with us as He grows our hearts. As He grows our minds. As He grows our emotions. As we continue to learn how to submit to Him. And of course, verse 10 gives us the message that Jeremiah was to give to his people. Uproot, tear down, destroy, overthrow, build, and to plant. Still happening today. The words of God in prophecy still endure and have a prophetic utterance for us today. You know, my wife was pregnant with two children. And it was exciting to pray for 
those pregnancies and pray that uh, my kids would have five toes in each foot and five fingers in each hand and our kids were born normal, thank God. Over pastoral experience, I've seen it many ways different. Deafness, blindness, limbs that weren't quite correct. We saw some of these thalidomide situations back in the 60s. Pregnancy. God preserved Jeremiah. Pregnancy. Dr. Rambo, of course, was our former president. He used to speak at times in churches, and I heard him several times, of course, and he used the analogies to make his particular point, and I want to use an analogy this morning for a little bit. God was intimate with Jeremiah, allowed Jeremiah to become born of a woman, pregnant. Many ways our church is pregnant. We're looking for a new lead pastor. Are we prepared to have a normal pregnancy? Are we prepared to recognize that when we have birth and we long to see birth, if it's proper pregnancy, it always brings forth life? You know, there's a man at least, who knows, more, that could be pregnant with this church because they're considering this ministry, as we were told Thursday night. As they're pregnant, and as you're pregnant, are we able to see the intimacy of God, how He protects, how He sustains, how He sets us apart, including a pastor, to minister in this place? Are we prepared to wait the time? We don't want a preemie. We want what God wants for us, what God has determined for us. Because God will also create within that pastor a message. And he will do so from the point of intimacy. He will be ready for this place. And as he ministers with you and you with him, the pregnancy will give birth to a wonderful bride. Jeremiah had a tough spot. And Jeremiah was successful. When the going was tough, as you look at the 19th chapter of the book of Jeremiah, Jeremiah said, the words that I heard from the Lord. Let me think of Phoebe's poem this morning. A lot of culture in that poem. But the sufficiency of the life of Jesus, who is the head of the church, never changes is sufficient in every way. There'll be some tearing down. There'll be some uprooting. But he will build. Is that your intimate story with Jesus this morning as it relates to what everybody's doing? If it is, you'll get the right man. And you look back on this time of waiting and all this sense of transition and so on and so forth. Kind of, it'll kind of evaporate because you know the pregnancy has produced a normal, spirit-filled, 
child of the king. He will have skill sets and maturity and experience and gifting and depth of truth that will cause you to rejoice in the intimacy of God in his life and also yours. God's call for Jeremiah, God's call for this church, God's care and direction for Jeremiah, God's care and direction for this church, and God's intimate words to Jeremiah and to you. God touched the mouth of Jeremiah, and he will continue to do so as you serve him. Are you resting in the sufficiency of Jesus? Jesus, I am resting and resting in the joy of what thou art. It's my most favorite hymn. Are you resting in Jesus? Encapsulates everything. It's the gospel. And it will bless you richly. Let's sing together. Jesus, I am resting, resting. Let's pray. Bless us indeed by your spirit. Hold us close to yourself. And may the reality of God's grace be sufficient in our lives. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.